as soon as you open it and turn it on, there's a photo of my kids. So it, when I felt the urge to use, I'd open my phone to try go to ring someone and my, the photo of my kids was there and it stopped me. Over time, it generally does get easier. After having my investment property for more than six years, I'd finally started to feel like, you know, everything was okay. I was renting a cottage in Melbourne's inner city and I had great tenants covering the cost of my mortgage on my investment. Everything was sweet until the pandemic struck. In April 2020, during Melbourne's first lockdown, my tenants moved out of my first property and I struggled to find another tenant. At this point, I'd had the property for six years and I decided it was time to sell. This wasn't what I'd been planning, but COVID gave me the push to take that step. I'd never sold a property before and it was pretty stressful because A, I really needed to sell and B, selling during a pandemic isn't exactly a relaxing experience. Plus, I had to do some work to get it up to scratch and I'd been working with the other owners in the block to replace the staircase that went from the ground floor to the first floor. Unfortunately, the replacement and the reconstruction happened during my sales campaign. Here's my agent, Kevin, who can reflect on the nightmare that was this experience. Now, it was kind of hilarious if we reflect on it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. No one knows what's going on. I really needed to sell because I didn't have a tenant in my property. Um, You were wonderful in helping me get painters and stylists involved to make the property look as good as possible. But unfortunately, at the time I needed to sell, the external staircase from the ground floor up to my apartment was being replaced. And for a big part of that campaign, you were taking prospective buyers up scaffolding, (laughs) which was not ideal. Can you talk to me a little bit about what happens when uh, when you're working with someone who's selling a property and the property is perhaps not in the right shape that it should be? Um, that was a very unusual situation. And uh, luckily, we had the first two open for inspections where the staircase was still there. And uh, I could at least explain to people that it was going to go being being removed and then a new one installed. But what we hadn't counted on was that it was going to take so long. So I think by the time that the auction actually uh, uh, came to fruition, the uh, staircase finally was installed and uh, buyers could actually see the, the final product. But it was hilarious because literally buyers were climbing up scaffolding and then onto a platform and then back up scaffolding again. And uh, I had to actually hold people's hands uh, where there was older people coming up to have a look at the apartment. It was amazing. But everybody was great. They all enjoyed the experience, actually. Something a bit different. It's, uh, it's kind of amazing that people were so understanding under the circumstances. I'm not sure that I would have been if I was looking to buy a property. Um, now, let's talk about that campaign. We intended to go to auction and I was very lucky to be selling during Melbourne's lockdown one and lockdown two, which meant we could hold an auction. But ultimately, we sold the property the night before. Can you talk a little bit about why that decision was made? Um, very often in uh, in campaigns, well, always, we, we know exactly where buyers are. And uh, in this particular case, we had one standout uh, buyer that, uh, that was really ahead of the others. And uh, in, that, in that particular situation, it was just, um, it was 
better to do it as a private negotiation prior to the auction rather than having to go to the auction and uh, perhaps then that buyer not not um, uh, bidding at the auction. Um, it was a more comfortable way of just doing it this way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think obviously when you've only got one bidder, you don't have an auction, yes, do correct, you? <laughs> I can say that in my experience, the whole process from buying right through to selling came with some incredible challenges. But I maintain that it is absolutely worth it. If you're still on the fence, I want you to hear the story of Heidi Knowles. Heidi is an Indigenous woman who has overcome drug addiction and extraordinary personal challenges in her life to buy her first home in Yorta Yorta country, also known as Shepparton in Victoria. She never gave up, and she did this for her own security and for her children too. I am certain that if Heidi can do it, you can too. Here she is. My mum is six, and I have a granddaughter who I was lucky enough to deliver over Christmas. Um, I'm a recovering drug addict. I've been clean for six years in April on the 5th. Prior to my ice addiction, I had the funds and whatnot, you know, for a house deposit and whatnot. But then I went down the wrong path and lost everything, like my car, my job, the house that I was renting, my children. And I went from that that one horrible puff to a bag every weekend that lasted for a month I'd say then it went to a bigger bag like $500 bag every two to three days and then that wasn't enough and then it was every day till all my funds ran out and I was lying to my family even stole off mum and my partner and stole my partner's credit card, and I was just on a downhill spiral. The DHS worker said to me, I want clear drug screens, otherwise you're never going to get your kids back. So I think I'd done one clear drug screen that week, and then they let me have a visit. And then when it was time to go, um, I'd seen the pain, like my girls, because I had to drive to Wayne Grader for visits, and my, the pain my girls were going through, they were crying. They were, Sienna was actually vomiting from the stress and I was concerned so I went to the DHS worker and said listen, you know, my girls are suffering you know, blah 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 and they just said, we want clear drug screens otherwise, like I told you before you're not going to get your kids back and then from that day I've never looked back I thought, nah, I've got to do this for my kids it was hard, really hard like, I went to rehab twice when the kids were with their father. Rehab twice, I learned how to use the needle in rehab. Um, but that was at a point where I knew my kids were right because they were family. Where when I seen the younger two with strangers and what they were suffering and how they were suffering, I thought, nah, something's got to give you time, time for change, mate. Heidi, it's an unbelievable story, especially when we see where you are now. You mentioned earlier that seeing your dad cry was a big turning point. Can you tell us about that? So my partner organised several family meetings and I didn't want to listen. I was just, whatever, you know. Someone telling you to do something, you're not going to do it. 
you have to want to do it. And I remember seeing Dad cry, and that that broke my heart. Seeing my dad cry, where Mum she straight out, you know, she'll tell you, you 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 do this, you do that, but you know, Dad straight out too. But I'm I've always been like a daddy's girl, you know, and to see Dad cry, I thought, no, nah, I'm hurting my family, and that's when I did go to rehab was when I seen my dad cry. And so how long did it take you to get clean and, and what was that process like for you? <laughs> oh, it's very, very hard. Like, I remember, I think I was two days clean and I was screaming into the mattress. I was just screaming like it felt like something was just, you know, crushing my chest and was, like, trying to rip my chest open and get out. You know, but Mum was marvellous. She, you know, supported me. That had me at her place because I had nowhere to go. I was homeless. And mum laid the Lord down and I deleted all the drug dealers' phone numbers out of my phone and, like, some I knew off by heart. But um, I had a, the, what is it, the photo. As soon as you open it and turn it on, there's a photo of my kids. So it, when I felt the urge to use, I'd open my phone to try go to ring someone and my, the photo of my kids was there and it stopped me. I think it's really quite amazing that you had such wonderful uh, parental support. Um, so from there, where did you think about the idea of buying your own home again? Were you starting to think, this is something I could do again? Uh, to be honest, I didn't think I'd ever be able to do it ever again because being Indigenous, you don't normally get second chances. But I was lucky enough to, you know land a job and then my partner's been fantastic he started off my deposit with 18,000 and then I started saving money like there was a lot of things I had to sacrifice like take away buying myself clothes like my children always made sure we're right but yeah like myself I'd just wear the same daggy clothes and you know no takeaway food um plus sales from my books, from selling my books I've written, and paintings I'd deposit into the house account. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because the more money you save, you know, you can see the bigger picture, like you're getting closer to your goal. Like I didn't expect to save so much, but I was determined. You know, I'm excited for my children because they're going to have their own bedrooms and... They're going to have a nice home and and whatnot because, you know, when they want to bring friends over, you get a bit, I get a bit shame thinking, oh, I don't want kids coming here, you know, housing commission place, whatnot, where, you know, new newly built home and our own home, you know, they can have friends over and they can stay over because they're going to have their own room and I don't have to worry about, oh, where are they going to sleep? And it's going to be bigger. Like... I looked around at different properties and whatnot, but it's not, they weren't really what I wanted. So being able to build, you could personalise to what you want. All right, Heidi, show us around. So this is going to be my room. Yeah. And that's going to be the walk-in robe and my ensuite. It looks sort of small at the moment. But they said, you know, at this stage it looks small, but when it's actually all the inside's done, it'll look bigger. So that's my room. 
and then walk down the hallway part and this is the second lounge room but I'm changing this into another bedroom for Andrew and Casey so that will be, this one's Andrew and Casey's. And then this will be the laundry in here. That door will go to the garage. And then the laundry with the sliding door so you can walk outside. That's that one. And then, oh, I'm so excited about this. A walking pantry. <laughs> so that'll be the walking pantry there. And then the kitchen like will go along there and then you'll have like the dining and like the family room and then here and this little bit here there's going to be like a little nook where like so a nook will be built into the wall so I won't need a TV unit so I can put my TV and DVD player Foxtel whatever there the fish tank yes Sienna and the fish tank and I'm just trying to visualise, you know, where's my veggie patch? I want a veggie garden. I always wanted a veggie garden. So I've just got to decide where I'm going to put that. And when I first brought the land, I pulled up at the front. And um, I said to the kids, I said, righto, we're going to be quiet for a minute. And I want you to listen. So we were all quiet. And the kids, <laughs> the kids go, I can't hear anything, mum. I said, that's the whole point, because <laughs> it's beautiful and quiet out here, and tranquil, where we can be a family, and for me personally, it'll be like my reward, you know, like over the years, all my hard work and determination has finally paid off, and I'll have a beautiful home to live in, to show for that, yeah, and my babies too, you know, they'll have a beautiful home where they want to come home and, you know, and they want to show off their, their home to their friends and whatnot. And I'm only too happy for them to do that, you know. And being Indigenous, we're very family orientated and you'll find majority of us do everything for our babies and you'll hear us call our children our babies. That's why I say my babies. <laughs> um, just, you know, so when we leave our children behind, They'll have a home, they'll have security and a safe place to live, you know. Don't have to worry about, you know, oh, if I pass away, where's my kids going to go, what are they going to do? At least, you know, having your own home and leaving it for your children, you know that they're going to be right. Now, if I'm ever questioning where I'm at in my own process of, you know, getting through these ups and downs of the property market, I think about Heidi. This is why the housing affordability debate is so important and more needs to be done. People need secure housing, especially as they get older. I really hope you've enjoyed this series. I am so passionate about giving people the tools and information that they need to get onto the property ladder. Hopefully this has you thinking about your savings or perhaps even considering clever ways to enter the market. In case you're wondering, I did take my next step on the property ladder after I sold my investment property. You can find out all about it in my next book, The Ethical Investor, which hits shelves in February 2022. But this time, I'm also going to look beyond property to a range of ethical investment opportunities. 
The Ethical Investor is now available for pre-order via my publisher. Visit blackinkbooks.com.au. Happy house hunting, my friends. The information in this podcast is provided for entertainment and educational purposes only. It is general in nature and does not apply specifically to your circumstances. If you're considering purchasing property, it's always best to speak to a licensed financial professional before making any decisions related to your goals.